Praise the Lord. Welcome back, Roy. Thank you very much indeed. Um, hi, everybody. Good morning. In, in London, I think it, my colleagues here would agree with me, we're experiencing a little bit of a revival. Maybe an unexpected revival, certainly a revival at an unexpected moment. And looking back over the last few years, one of the things that has come to my attention is I just begin to think, is it possible to have a revival if you don't know how to handle distractions? Because if I calculate backwards about two, two and a half to three years, the thing that got us here or brought us to this place was definitely what I would call a distraction challenge. And later I'll send you notes, but it's an important devotional today for pastors. Maybe your members had the same reaction to lockdown as ours did. I found that our men, they lost confidence. They lost their confidence. A lot of guys before lockdown, they were so cocky, so full of vision and dreams and everything else. And it just got beaten out of them, man. So we've started a once a month Zoom call just for men, just specifically to rebuild confidence. Same for the women, except slightly different consequence there. With a lot of the women, it was poor self-image. The way they saw themselves seemed to just depreciate somewhat. Same solution. We've set up a Zoom call once a month just to specifically focus on the restoration of self-image amongst women. And youth, it was a loss of hope and direction for obvious reasons. But today, let's talk about pastors, since we're all pastors, all leaders of groups of people. What ultimate effect has this time had on us? I've been studying the last couple of days in Hebrews 12. I'll read all scriptures to you today and send them to you later. We all know this so well, these three verses so well, but I want to read it from a lockdown perspective and from an avoiding distractions perspective so that I hit the revival God's calling me to. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us th throw off everything, every distraction. Let us throw off everything that hinders and also the sin. So everything first, that's everything good and bad. Let us throw off every distraction that hinders and sin that's so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance. Lockdown has taken perseverance. Fixing our eyes, not getting distracted, on Jesus. For the joy set before him, endured the cross, etc. Consider him who endured lockdown and such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary through lockdown and lose heart through lockdown. Really amazing to me and very encouraging to me. I kind of see that scripture in a totally new light. I see it that, you know, thinking of Jesus, that he had his, his destination, his vision, his goal with salvation for mankind, but then weariness and losing heart and perseverance, keeping your focus was so necessary. Let me quickly go through what does everything mean then? When, when God says to you, throw off everything, 
that stands in the way of God, what is that? <laughs> everything. Everything. Absolutely everything. Let me start with your phone. Sorry, I know that might offend some people, <laughs> but your phone. Roy and I end up in pastors' meetings with all sorts of different groups of pastors in many different places. Roy, do they ever put their phone down? Do pastors ever leave their phone alone? You're, you're breaking down in tears, telling them a, 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 a testimony and say, just a second. <laughs> and they're off on their phone. They can't detach themselves from it. Okay, it's funny, but maybe not funny as well. We made a decision about two years ago to turn off notifications. Now, this is the truth. I had no idea the benefit that was going to have. I didn't. I honestly didn't. I thought it wasn't the ping, ping, bong, bong. I didn't think it was actually affecting me until it wasn't there. And I would strongly advise all of you, think about your notifications. Another thing, another decision we made, we're going to put our phones on flight mode at night because you can sit there. And that thing's still active, by the way. There's, there's signals and all flying through the air, right? We put our phones on flight mode. That was another surprise to me. I did not expect the benefits that came from that. My, my phone was actually distracting me as a leader more than I thought. God says, and I don't think God's wrong, you're going to have to throw off everything, good or bad, that's getting in my way so that I can get your full attention. So just a practical example, and you can add others for yourself. Secondly, a thing that can be a distraction to us, a good thing, family. Husbands, wives, children, mothers, fathers can be a distraction. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mothers and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. And someone told him, your mother and brother standing outside want to speak to you. What an unlikely response. And he replied to them, who is my mother anyway? And who are my brothers? And pointing to his disciples, these are my brothers. This is my mother. I, I was thinking about this this morning. I don't know, looking back over many years in ministry, I don't know if there's ever been a moment where I'm not observing some member losing their mission in life because of their family. Their children, the children become idols, family worship. It's the same as self-love. It's the same thing. Two sides of the same coin. We say don't love ourselves, but then we indulge in, you know, ancestral worship, as it were, family worship. And Jesus here is pointing to a higher call, a higher kingdom. So, okay, my phone is good. I use it for, for great purposes. Call my members, pray group, prayer groups, WhatsApp groups, but it can also be a distraction. My family are a blessing and I praise God for that. But I need to be careful that they're not a distraction. Thirdly, I'm getting a little bit more serious. I need to fight only the battles that God is calling me to fight. There are, everybody's going to want to fight you when you're doing the will of God. Everybody's going to pick a fight with you. The devil will make sure of that trying to distract you. One of the greatest leaders this country ever had was Winston Churchill. And he said this, listen carefully, you will never reach your destination 
if you stop to throw stones at every dog that barks. <laughs> you will never reach your destination if you stop to throw stones at every dog that barks. And when you set your forehead like flint to achieve the revival in your church, in your city, in your nation, those dogs will begin to bark. And you need to be very careful that the battles and the fights that you get into are God-given battles and not distractions. I want you to consider the difference between a battle, a war, and a distraction. And I don't think you or us or we will be able to proceed in any way effectively in the kingdom without the discernment of the difference. Classic example, David. David gets called to bring a revival into Israel. Off he goes, he goes back. The first thing he encounters is a distraction with the brothers. They want to pull him into a fight. Oh, David, pizza delivery boys here. Blah, blah, blah. All, all, all the mockery, right? And they're trying to pull David into a distraction. But David, wonderful, wonderful David. That's not my fight. That's not my fight. Goliath is my fight. And David completely gets it. He ignores the brothers. He ignores the distraction. Takes the head off Goliath. And Israel is restored. And so it will, by the way, there are many people, I guarantee you, around David saying, sort your brothers out. Deal with this fight. So who is the distraction in your life? And where is the war? You need to figure that out for yourself. Who's being a distraction? Do you know what? A, a distraction, I can ignore it without consequence. A, a distraction I can ignore without consequence. A war I cannot ignore. You, you cannot ignore Goliath. He's going to kill you. But you can ignore the brothers. And you need to make a distinction, a discernment in your spirit. What battles is God calling me into? And what battles am I going to ignore? A fourth distraction, particularly as pastors... Trying to make peace with everybody. Or let me put it like this. I, I would say to you, stop trying to make peace with people who do not want to make peace with you. Stop trying to make friends or make peace with people who do not and probably never will make peace with you. That's not their intention. Be careful, pastors. It's our desire for harmony. It's our desire to bring peace. In fact, the Bible says this. Listen carefully, guys. The Bible says two things about this issue. Firstly, in, in Romans, as far as it, as it is possible with you, live at peace with everyone. As far as possible with you, live at peace with everyone. Then scripture flips it. But if they don't accept your words or your testimony or your message, shake the dust off your feet and walk. So you've got two options here. We try to make peace with those members. We try to make peace with those difficult people, right? But if they do not want that peace with you, don't let that person become a distraction. That's a pitfall, an absolute pitfall. So pray for discernment on that issue. I remember, see... Uh, Pastor Fred on the call here this morning. I remember Fred. Fred has a 100% pastor's heart, loves 
loves his members. And he had one devil in his church years ago, a real bad guy. He was so destructive and he did not want peace. He was destroying everything we were touching. One day Fred rang me up and said, Pastor Mike, Pastor Mike, you know, beep, 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 this person is leaving. They've said they're leaving the church. You know, and then Fred to me, said to me, I'm going to go to their house and see if I can get them back. <laughs> so I said, no, no, don't go. Let them go. Let them, you know, do you know what it says in Proverbs? Can a man pull fire into his lap and not be burned? You see, God was delivering Fred, but his pastor's heart only sees the one side of the coin and doesn't see the distracting side. And thank God the guy didn't come back. <laughs> As far as it's possible for me and for you, I will live at peace with everyone. But if they do not want to make peace with me, I will not permit them to become a distraction. Jesus said, you will be hated by some people because of me, right? Matthew chapter 10. Some people are going to hate you, never mind dislike you. Fifthly, a distraction. Every time you set your face to achieve the goals of God, I guarantee you, that you're going to get challenged even by your own leadership and probably by your closest allies, your best friends. This is the story of Jesus. It seems every time Jesus went to do something, who stood in his way? <laughs> Peter. Actually, Satan threw Peter. Imagine that. Your best allies, your best supporters can often just turn in an instant and stand against you. And you need to be pre-prepared, pre-set to get through that bump in the road. Matthew chapter 16, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem and suffer and die there. Peter took him aside and rebuked Jesus. Rebuked him, imagine that. Never, Lord. And Peter's got a different opinion from the right opinion. And we must not be distracted in our call, in our goals, by these people, good people as they may be. The famous instance then in John's gospel, the same thing again. Peter draws his sword when, Peter's, when Jesus is going to achieve salvation and Jesus has to step in and stop him again. Peter, you're trying to stop me achieving the very purpose for which I have come. Sixthly, and probably very pertinent through these days. We cannot even let pain be a distraction to the mission and to the calling of God. And there's been a lot of pain in these last couple of years for many people in different ways. We cannot even let pain be a distraction. You know, when Jesus was on the cross, they were shouting up to him, get yourself down off that in the, in the terrible pain. Get yourself out of the pain. But he would not be distracted by their taunting. And in his mind, he said, no, I'm going to achieve my goal. Let me reiterate. Can we reach revival without learning the difference between battles and distractions? I don't think so. I don't think so. And each of us are going to have to learn to ignore distractions and to fight the battles and to analyze what is a distraction. It seems to me Jesus had these from the beginning to the end. When he was reading in the temple, his parents tried to take him away. I will be about my father's business. 
when he was in the house ministering, your mother and your brothers are outside. I will be about my father's business. Don't distract me. When Peter said, don't go to Jerusalem, don't distract me. I know why I've come. When Peter comes with the sword, put your sword away. I will not be distracted by that. I will achieve the goal. And ultimately, even on the pain of the cross, he would not be distracted by the taunts and the mockery of the crowd, but remain there to achieve the goal for which he had come. May God help us. You know, guys, in conclusion, I've come to realize, I guess, in our personal life, that one of the greatest weapons I have, what do you think it is? (laughs) One of the greatest weapons in my armory is rest. Resting. And do you know who knows that? The devil. The devil knows that. And God, when I lie down at night, see the Goliaths? They don't keep me awake. They don't keep me awake. I'll take Goliath's head off tomorrow. Do you know who keeps me awake? The distractions. That's who keeps you awake. The distractions that get in your head and get in your church and cause much, much turmoil. So I prayed today that we learn a lesson and we take something inside and keep it. Father, would you give us the discernment to tell the difference between distractions, put them out of our lives and out of our future, and give us the courage to take the head off every Goliath that stands in our ways. Walk in the rest, in the power, and in the security of God. Finish the task for which you have set out, for which God has called you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, and I Roy. think it's a timely word for each one of us as we enter into this new year. You know, we have faced many distractions.